Elephant Overlook for Biz News. Dr. Teddy Bletcher is a man of many hats. He's the CEO of the Maharachi Invisibility Institute, a non-profit private college and self-development organization. He's also the chairperson of the SA National Government Team on Entrepreneurship, Education and Employability, CEO of the Umvula Empowerment Trust and co-founder of the Branson School of Entrepreneurship with Richard Branson. The Institute recently made headlines when Anglo-American announced that it would donate its 45 Main Street building to the Maharashi Institute to foster youth development and support Johannesburg's urban renewal. Welcome to business and it's so nice having you. I don't know even now how to do justice to your CV. Linda, I'm so grateful for the opportunity and uh, so wonderful to connect with your show. And I was saying to you, I'd met Alec Hogg years ago in Davos at the World Economic Forum. Uh, what a wonderful person, so dedicated to what he does. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. So this building that Anglo-American donated to you, how did this come about and what are you going to do with it? Oh, Linda, this is the biggest thing that's ever happened to us, and it's, it's incredibly exciting. This is a gift forever for the youth of Johannesburg and really for the marginalized youth of Johannesburg. These are the young people, as we know, and there are millions in our country who have dropped out of school or they finished school, but they don't get a matric exemption, a degree pass or a diploma pass. So, so many young people are really stuck and they can't access the modern economy and what Anglo-American have done, which is such a game changer in terms of like a legacy that they're leaving for Joburg, is they're saying, we've moved to Rosebank. Anglo has been going for 105 years now, but they wanted to do something that will forever make a difference in the city of Joburg. And, you know, Anglo turned down several offers of 100 million rand plus for this building. This was their huge, big head office building. This is five-star, A-grade absolutely beautiful. It's 42,000 square meters. It's got that beautiful closed off main street in front of it with gardens. And you literally feel when you walk into that precinct, like over there, you feel like you've just stepped into Oxford or Cambridge. It's this beautiful, huge sandstone buildings. So grand. And and now, you know, with our work, we, we have the opportunity now to grow to three and a half thousand students more per year. It will take us to over 5,000 students in the Jobic CBD. And we operate at different levels, which I'll, I'll talk about of education, but we are so excited. And we're not just excited for today or tomorrow. We're excited for 50 years, for 100 years, for 200 years, what this means. And educational institutions really cannot last businesses. You know, uh, Oxford University is 927 years old this year, nearly 1,000 years old. Uh, Cambridge is 814 years old. So we really, really want to think long term. And, uh, and I think that's the legacy that Anglo are leaving, giving this for education of marginalized youth. Well, before we get to exactly what your institute does, well, if you look at the Joburg Central Business District, it's gone downhill. I mean, there's been that fire where 70 people died. I think today, again, there's a fire in a building. Uh, do you think it's possible to reverse this decline? And what would your presence there help? to stop this decline? You know, Linda, firstly, um, we we want to, we are renaming that part. I mean, we're unofficially doing it as an unofficial thing, but we're renaming this part of town, Education Town. And and in, in, in Johannesburg, as you know, we've got Bank City where F&B is, and you had all the banks, big banks traditionally there. 
We've got Jewel City, where the jewelry manufacturing industry traditionally have been. But no great city in the world has ever really developed without a strong educational underpinning. And this is how you develop your intelligentsia and your skills and your entrepreneurs, like who can, you know, if we want to develop these great tech entrepreneurs, engineers, you know, people who are going to build new kinds of businesses, et cetera, and serve the, you know, ever more complex skills that are needed to compete in a globalizing world, then education is absolutely critical. And there is no real under educational underpinning in the Jovic CBD. Uh, obviously, you've got you know, Fit's such a great institution, UJ such a great institution in Bramfontein and Mill Park. But in the city itself, we want to create this education city and we hope to grow to tens of thousands of students. Our target eventually would be, say, about 40,000 students. Um, and But also to crowd in other educational institutions that also come in there. And in any, um, there are so many examples, like in Washington, uh, in a downtown area, which was really derelict, where a very successful uh, educational institution got going. And then the whole precinct changes because now, you know, you start to develop businesses, you have coffee shops, you have restaurants, start to get hotels, you get bookshops, you know, there's a whole ecosystem that grows around that. So I don't know that we're going to get big business back into the city, but what I do know is that if we develop the full potential of our young people, magic can happen. If we don't develop the full potential of our young people, magic cannot happen. So we, we cannot have millions of young people not using their potential, not having skills, not having knowledge. That's what we serve to do. So that's at the first level. The second level is that Anglo, even though they left the city in that physically, they haven't left emotionally, spiritually on every other level. They're deeply committed to the city. And Anglo are leading the initiative of creation of something called Josie My Josie. And Josie My Josie, which was originally going to be called Josie Gold, is about those who love the city, protecting, working together, and saving our city. And I have no doubt we'll do it. And I'll tell you some of the initiatives we're doing there, but we've got Anglo-American, we've got Standard Bank, we've got ABSA, we've got Wits University, we've got Nando's, we've got ourselves. There's this whole coalition of institutions that love the city, that say, we're not going to let the city go down and we're going to completely change it. Then on our side, we're working with Anglo on putting in solar streetlights in our area because when there's load shedding, pitch darkness. We've already got students cleaning some of the streets around us. When we move into the Anglo building in January, we will start cleaning a huge area around us every day, having students involved in the cleanliness. We're also starting a security academy. And now normally security guards are trained for one week or two weeks. We're going to start with 150, uh, growing to 300 people uh, within two to three years. These men and women, they will become ninjas. There's going to be a three-year program. We will train them in just the highest forms of security, not one week or two weeks and then out on the streets. These guys will be trained in jiu-jitsu every single day. They will be trained in... Uh, cybersecurity, technology, drones, absolutely everything. And we believe we can make the city safe again. And so, yes, there's a lot of work. I mean, we cannot be, cannot underestimate. There's obviously a big job ahead of us. The, the municipality now are working closely with Anglo. They just signed a big MOU last week that we've been desperately waiting for for um, many, many months that has now come through. We've got enough people with the will and the determination, and we will change the city. And I'd love you to report on it in five years' time. 
You can come and look, and then let's look back and see what's happened to Jovex CBD. You seem so enthused by it, but and for people who might not know, what does the Maharishi Invisibility Institute do? Invisibility? Why um, that word? Yes, it was invisibility. We disappear, uh, which we don't it, want to do. Invisibility. <laughs> invincibility. That's it. And invincibility is about creating those young people who are so transformed, so powerful, who take control of their own lives, stop blaming the government, stop blaming everybody else, and start to realize they can achieve anything they want if they prepare to put in the work. And that might mean climbing Everest in terms of difficulty, and it, it kind of is. But we teach young people, you can achieve anything. And, uh, and, and, and so over, since we first started, we first started in 2007. Before that, we had started CEDA. And in, across all of our programs now, we've educated over 22,000 young unemployed people. We've put over 19,000 into jobs. Those individuals, at the time we placed them, and that's excluding the 5,000 who entrepreneurs, their starting salaries combined, 1.65 billion rand. Uh, we estimate conservatively they'll earn over 41 billion in their working careers. Our graduates are senior in all the banks, all the telcos, across the stock markets, everywhere. They're right across the tech industry, you can go to any of the top tech companies. We've got these graduates out there, many of our graduates are thousands of them, half a million rand salaries, 600,000, 700,000 million rand salaries, yet they were unemployed and considered useless to society before. But that's what human beings can do if you can develop their potential. And that's what the Marishi Invincibility Institute is about. We want to change the game. We want to create a revolution in human asset development and ultimately develop 100,000 young leaders for the future of Johannesburg, South Africa, take our country forward. It's all about leadership. You were talking about Mandela earlier. It's all about leadership. Leaders, leaders change everything. So we have to develop those ironclad values, those people who have ethics, morality, who've got passion, who've got love for themselves and other people, who've got respect for life and you know, who keep learning, who are able to solve difficult problems, who are competent. They, they need to be the people that can take South Africa forward. And that's really why we exist. And, and you have such a different approach. You've been writing about exponential education and you've got yes. techniques like meditation and changing diet. Can you tell yes. us about that? <laughs> yes. So, Linda, you know, a human being is so much more than what we see in education today. If we think of our own schooling or going to university which was wonderful. I mean, I'm not taking away from that at all. It's fantastic. But it's probably 10% or 20% of what we could be as a human being, you know? So many people can come out of education and still feel so unfulfilled, unhappy, depressed, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So education that's really worth worthy of the name, educare, you know, from Greek, was to lead out. It's to bring the genius out of a person. It's an inside-out process. It's not an outside-in cramming of facts and just memorizing and then you go write your test and then you get 50%. That is so the demeaning of what a human being is, actually. And employers don't want that anymore. And the reason we've got a number of employers that love our graduates, we've got some employers that have employed 400 people from us, 300 people from us, organizations like ABSA and FNB and Standard Bank and people like Accenture, the consulting firm, hundreds of people 
they, they've employed. We're working with IBM. We're working with like so many amazing, amazing companies. But the reason is it's not enough to have a piece of paper anymore. You need a multidisciplinary thinker. You need all those kind of skills for the future that the World Economic Forum talk about. Complex problem solving, critical thinking, creativity, uh, negotiation skills, um, uh, emotional intelligence, et cetera, et cetera. So education that only is about learning for an exam, it just isn't enough anymore. And, and employers don't want that. They want living, breathing, passionate leaders who can take their business forward. And so we do have some employers who almost exclusively hire from us. They love our graduates. Can you tell us all the success stories of how you change the life of somebody or how the attitude of somebody towards education? Because education in South Africa is not in a good space. Um, so how do you change that attitude that I can succeed with the right education? So, Linda, we've developed a very innovative curriculum and um, we've actually won 34 awards now. We just heard last week about a 35th award that we won. Um, of those, like 13 of them are global awards, so some of the top awards in the world for social entrepreneurship, for innovation, and for education. And a lot of that is around this methodology of how do you take a young person, because the people we are bringing in, as I say, they, if they've got matric, you know, 70% of them don't have a matric exemption, they don't have a degree pass, they are stuck, they're unemployed. Most of them, we run every year a, a test of post-traumatic stress disorder and chronic depression. There's something called the Beck Depression Inventory. And it's very sad to see, I mean, on average, 40% of these young people coming in from our townships and communities are suffering from chronic depression on this global index and over 60% on this post-traumatic stress disorder. Of that, over 30% have PTSD at the level as if they'd fought in a war. So imagine a soldier, American soldier who fights in Iraq or Afghanistan comes back to America and 10 times more soldiers die back in America in peace. Why? Because of this thing called PTSD, where the stress is inside your head in every part of your body and it leads to addictions, suicides, huge insomnia. I mean, there's a lot of research on the relationship between PTSD and then inability to learn, for example, and success in education. So we, we don't ignore those problems. We know that those things are real. They're real for young people. So first and foremost, we have to help young people deal with depression, deal with anxiety, deal with like the tremendous traumas that they've faced. At the same time, we've got to help them find a reason to want to be alive, to find a life purpose, a passion, something worth fighting for that they really, really care about for their own life and their family, etc. And then we've got to teach them a bunch of skills from ground zero. So we've got to remediate them in English and maths. You get young people coming in with a matric who literally on a, on a nationwide standardized test are grade three level or grade two level in maths or English. You give a simple word problem, simple maths problem. Now we've got to get them up to a real matric and then through proper education post-secondary and out into the market. And I'm very, very proud to say we've had a 90 95%, 94.7% job placement for nearly 20 years, and we have over 90% conversion to permanent after one-year internship, because most young people in South Africa, they only get a one-year internship. If they go to Absol or Standard Bank or somewhere else, they're going to get a one-year job. If they're not great, they're back on the streets. 
that if they great, they're going to get converted to long term. And we've had 90% conversion. And that for us means we're doing what we have to do to produce somebody who's relevant for a modern economy, who's going to add value. But we're human beings. We're, you know, we're complex things. We're not just an intellect. We have emotions. We have, you know, deep feelings. We have an ego. We have consciousness. Like we have all these levels of body that's got to be healthy. And you saw that during COVID. If you don't create a healthy, healthy body, healthy mind, healthy spirit, healthy everything, healthy attitudes, healthy everything, then young people are going to struggle to get ahead. And so we work on all of that in a 10-hour-a-day curriculum uh, and about three, four hours a day is developing this beautiful human being and helping them realize what they can actually achieve. Well, I've been looking at everything you've been doing. You've been <laughs> recognized by the World Economic Forum. I mean, you have met people, have worked with people like Richard Branson, Oprah yeah. Winfrey. Yeah. How do all these people get on your radar? Where does this passion come from yeah. and, and, and enable you to connect with all these people? So the passion comes from a deep, deep love for human beings and just a deep love for human potential. And I think when I realized that my life purpose is to help other people develop their potential, it, it was a huge aha mo moment for me because I've never looked back since that. I'm a, I'm a qualified actuary by background. I, I went through the Institute of Actuaries in London, fellow at the South African Society of Actuaries. I've got two honorary doctorates. So I can do all the stats and the numbers. And I worked for one of the top global strategy firms in the world, the Monitor Company, which I loved. But just the moment I realized that, you know, every young person could be so much more, could be so much more valuable to our economy, could be so much more valuable to their families, to their lives, you know, to themselves. I just realized, you know, this is the way I can make an impact in the world. And so we'd never reached out to Richard Branson. He heard about our work. He actually contacted me. We never heard about Oprah. I mean, one morning, it was about 5.30 in the morning, my home phone rang and this woman said, Oprah wants to talk to you. And I was like, because only my mother had my home number. And I was like, mom, what you talking about? And she said, Oprah wants to talk to you. I said, mom, please don't find me so early in the morning. It was ridiculous. And then sure enough, one, one minute later, Oprah Winfrey was on the line. And we've met unbelievable people. But I tell you, we've met no people more amazing than our students. These young people, they are the bravest people you've ever met. They've suffered more than you can ever imagine. I mean, in Durban floods, about 80% of our students, because like in the Valley of a Thousand Hills, they're they're just in these informal sh shelters and like they just got washed away. Everyone lost all their possessions. You know, people are in such vulnerable positions and yet their positivity, their willingness to work hard, to rise to the top, that is what inspires me every day is I know that South Africa can be the greatest country in the world if we can harness this resilience, this goodness, this desire for, for, for a better life in our young people. So yes, we've met famous people, but I can tell you our students humble me every single day. And I'd love you to come spend time. You should come spend a bit of time with us. Oh. Come spend time with these students. It, it, it's very, very inspiring. So do you have the backing that you need? You've just got this gift from Anglo, which is great. Um, do you have the backing from internationally, from the government, from South Africans? 
So uh, Lyndon, look, I mean, that's the hardest thing about what we've done. I often say it's a little bit like hanging the earth in space. I don't know. Uh, you know, I often think about that. Like if somebody said to you, can you create something the size of the earth and it must spin on its own axis every 24 hours and it must go around this giant ball called the sun uh, every 365 days and there can't be strings attached, you know, how would you create that? So look, if the universe can create something like that, then we've got to be able to run and create an education institution that runs on no money from government, no money from the students, can still be sustainable, can still achieve these 95% job placement rates, can still scale. And so we've developed probably 100 innovations to do all of this. We've got 23 different income streams. We do something called learn and earn and pay it forward. So all of our students get a job while they're in school with us, and then they earn money, and then they also pay part of what they earn to fund another student. When they graduate, provided they're employed, and successfully employed, they then support another student. It's just a moral code. They don't have to. But we're bringing in about $15 million a year like that. And then we have our own businesses in the institution. It's a very, very innovative model. We also have to be extremely low cost in how we run it. But we've been able to scale now. We're in eight locations in South Africa. We're across four countries. Uh, so we're in 12 locations in total. We're getting invited all the time to open up in other places because this works. We're able to take unemployed people, educate them, train them, get them into the economy with critical and scarce skills. But we're very fortunate to have people like Anglo-American in our lives. You know, Anglo have supported our mother organization, CEDA, uh, which I'm the CEO of as well, for 44 years, you know, have done huge game-changing things with our organization. I've been involved now 29 years, 28 and a half years. Uh, but, you know, this donation from Anglo, that's a 200 million rand donation that they've given. But then we've got incredible organizations like APSA that we're working with on cybersecurity, human computer interface, um, IBM, we're working on developing mainframe and other kinds of uh, engineers, etc. We work with Cisco, we work with um, amazing foundations and organizations like the Ellen and Jill Gray Philanthropies, the Skoll Foundation, we won a million dollar prize from them. So. The key thing is to just know we're going to do it, that no matter what, nothing must get in our way because it's, you know, this is so hard to do that you could just say, well, I'm not going to get up in the morning. It's too hard. We've got 200 staff. We've got to pay 200 salaries. We're thinking 100 years ahead. We're thinking 200 years ahead. We're building a perpetual bursary fund. We want to be that next Cambridge or Oxford, but for Joburg City, changing the city, but for those who stuck, for those, you know, that young woman sitting in Orange Farm with two little children came out of abuse, you know, et cetera, like that, is never going to break out of poverty. Those are the people we want to help and to help them change their lives. And boy, the world needs them because the quality of these young people is amazing. So uh, it is hard, but uh, we, we are very, very grateful for the support of people like Aglo. You do mention that you're an actuarial scientist. Um, I don't want to be mean to actuarial scientists, but they're not known for their soft skills. No, no, that's true. So uh, where does your soft skills, where do they come from? I'm a, I'm a reborn actuary. I sometimes joke with actuaries and accountants. I often get asked to go talk at the actual society dinners, you know, things like that, because people like Adrian Gore went off to go become billionaires and build Discovery. Adrian was two years ahead of me and Barry Schwartzberg, the his co-founder of Discovery and all these guys have gone on to 
build amazing insurance companies. I think some of us have gone in a different direction. And for me, it's how do we use our skills, our problem-solving ability, what we've learned about strategy, about big thinking. How do we apply that to the problems of society, which are tricky? I mean, they are sticky. If somebody's really stuck in poverty, you know, the problem with like a one-year learnership is that that young woman in Orange Farm, she'll go into that learnership, she'll earn 4,000 rand a month. At the end of the year, she doesn't have the skills for a big company to employ her. So they'll put her back on the streets and they'll bring somebody else through that learnership. You've got this beautiful YES program. It's a wonderful thing, but only two and a half or 5% of those learners will get absorbed and employed at the end of that one year. So, you know, even if with Fees Must Fall, you give a, that young woman an opportunity to go to study at FITS, she can't go study at WITS for three years because she's got little children that she's got to buy school uniforms and put food on the table and things like that. So she will keep working at a garage or a discam or a supermarket just because she desperately has to look after her family. She doesn't really have a choice. So we've created a super innovative model of a co-location of services where that young woman can study and work, earn money, support her children while she's studying, and she's working. We also started, for example, a brilliant preschool, a Montessori preschool. She can put her little children in that school. So while she's studying, while she's working, her children are getting a world-leading education. And everything is built in, like for physical health, for food. Everyone gets all their books, their materials. It's such a holistic program. And in this way, we're able to get that young woman across the unemployment river, onto the other side, into the promised land, I mean, the kind of salaries our graduates are getting now, it's really astonishing. I mean, like I earned a lot as an actuary, but uh, for the last, you know, 28 and a half years, I've chosen to, I'm happy to earn a little, uh, but I can tell you a growing number of our graduates, and I'm the CEO of the organization and co-founder, a growing number of our graduates, day one, first salary earns significantly higher than I do. Then I know that we're doing a good job because they are killing it. And these are youngsters just coming from nothing, absolutely nothing. So that that's the fulfillment for us is when seeing these lives change in front of our eyes. Well, Daddy, we'll definitely keep a watch on you and see how Johannesburg CBD develops. And your institute, it's so lovely speaking to you. Thank you so much. Linda, deeply appreciate it. And seriously, please come to a story in five years' time. The year now is 15 September 2023. Come back 15 September 2028. Come do a close-up story on Johannesburg CBD. Please do that. I'll put that in my diary. <laughs> Thank you. Great. Thank Lovely to meet you. Thank you so much. 